You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. People say ain't no good and I'm crazy as a loon Cause I shave my head in the morning and pick guitar in the afternoon just like old Chief and Charlie, I like to lay around in the shade. Well, I ain't got no money, but you better believe I got it made. Cause I ain't asking nobody for nothing. If I can't get it on my own. If you don't just leave this bald-headed country boy alone. What's up, folks? Thank you all for tuning into the Josh Terry Podcast. We are here in Nashville. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now if you're sensitive, if you're soft, if you're easily offended, if you're a fucking snowflake, whatever you are, just turn it. Turn it now. I've already got your money because you've already downloaded the show. Turn it because you're going to get fu- – you're not going to like this one. Uh, but we're going to love it. If you want to hear some <laughs> fucked up shit and have a good time and laugh your ass off, uh, I cannot wait to introduce you to these two. I know one of them's been on the show before, but one I've been dying to get on the show. Uh, I got Mr. Ryan Nelson. Yay, what's the up? The fucking real deal Florida man. <laughs> <laughs> You're literally what I think of every time I think of Florida man. I'm glad. I'm glad. I love it. Yeah. And then my boy, just Justin Andrews. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I love how you dress. I just want you to know that. I wish... You got impeccable style, Justin. He does. Well, thank you. Thank you. are always smooth as fuck, dude. Do, do you know who you know who uh, Uncle Laser is? Yeah, yes. I, I met him one time. I at, seen at him, losers. I seen him at Red Door the other night, and he walks up and he goes, "Hey, brother, I just want you to know that everybody in here might not know just how goddamn flashy you look, but I do." <laughs> <laughs> and then he turns around and walks off, and he's shaking his hair. I still, I still ain't figured out how much I like that guy yet or not. Like, I have not had enough conversations with him. I've only had one. Be honest with you, the thing after the scene. Oh, and by the way, David McMahon, make sure you show yeah, your pretty buddy. face. Hey, what's up, guys? He's he's helping me out doing camera uh, today and uh, being on the show. So there's no way between the three of us I could work the camera and do this at the same time. <laughs> so I appreciate it, Bubba. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, that dude's funny as fuck. Though. Like I like I like him. You know how like when especially you two. You know how you, when people come to Nashville that are trying to be artists or whatever, you still try to figure out if that's them that you're hanging out with or their character. Yeah, yeah. With him, I think it's really him. Like, from what I've seen on social media, I think oh, yeah. it's 100% him. Yes. I just haven't been around him enough yet to figure it out. You can't fake that. And, like, me, I mean, I'm always me. That's just me. Like, you can't fake it. There's no I, I can tell because I'm, I'm just as crazy as that bastard, and I'm like, no, you can't fake that, you yeah. know? Well, when he showed up, he had on he had on these white snakeskin boots. He had his hair all, all flared out like he yeah. always does. <laughs> and, yeah. and then he had on... A cut, and it's colder than shit outside. 
and he's got a cut off Shania Twain t-shirt on, and I'm like, come on, baby. (laughs) I had, he has to think I am a fucking dumbass. We went to, uh, whenever, I guess after the CMAs, the last ones that they did, uh, we went over to the private party or whatever it was at Losers, and he was there, and I got to talk to him for a minute, and I was like, hey, dude, I'm a fan, I do a podcast, love to have you on it, we've got some mutual friends or whatever, but I've never met you, Yeah. and uh, he just looked at me like, I don't fucking care. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I like you, and I know that you use probably, especially with podcasts, everybody's got one. So unless you, like, see somebody's credentials or you see them talking to somebody, like, I get why somebody would be like, well, I don't care. Like, they don't, but also, to, he, I mean, he wasn't mean about it or nothing. I just, well, I just feel like that Nashville has got so, like, to the point when it comes to podcasts and stuff that, that everybody is, hey, yes, you're, you're competing, but, like, now everybody thinks, well, I mean, hell, everybody's got one. You know, everybody's trying to get somebody to be on. But the, th- the thing about it is, is, like, you have to you have to do things that are interesting. You have to, yeah. you can't just sit down and be like, okay, let's just have a conversation. Like, and see, that, I agree. And see, that's where, like, with mine, I don't just have artists on. So I have, like, all walks of life on mine. And what's fucking weird is, like, where ours is ranked and everything, when we come to town and I tell people about it, They'll I'll be like, hey, look, we do this, we do this. We're in the top 1% in the world. Yeah. Like, we've been as high as number 73 yeah. at one point in time. Like, we've done some shit. Like, we've got acknowledgement and some other stuff. And everybody has one to the point now to where it's a little bit harder than it was, like, last year to get people to come do shit. And they're like, oh, I'm going to go do this one. That's fine. I don't ever get mad about it. But it's like, mine's, I, I'm not braggy. So, like, I don't go to a bar or meet people. You got a fan base, though. Yeah, and it's like, I don't want to just sit here and throw my numbers out to somebody in person because then I feel like you're a cunt. Well, I would say, like, okay, so let's say it's the songwriting game because yeah. it's not a whole ton different, right? There's, like, gentle ways to let people know that it's fucking legit. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Um. I, I can't even think of what, what that way would be at the very moment. But, I mean, when you're in that situation and you're... Well, with y'all, it's like, when somebody hears one of your originals. They know they know whether to fuck with you or not. For sure. If, if, if the original shit's great, then they're like, yeah. well, that was great. I like that. But, but also, just like, you know, you meet somebody and they have a fan base and you're like, damn, I'd love to write with that person. Yeah. You know, and and be able to, in my opinion, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm like the kind of way that athletes are where they're like, I'm the fucking best. Like, I'm not going to say that to anybody, but in my head, I'm like, I feel like I could give you one of your best songs to any person. See, that's how I am. Because I'm also, I'm like, I'm reading into the person and I'm looking at their catalog before we go into that right, and I'm, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to tailor what the fuck we write to what is gonna be good for their brand. Yeah. Like you know, yeah. I'm not just writing a fucking song here. When I'm going in, well, with you've the, been watching the tapes, you know, in a way, you know, you're. When like, I'm going in with an artist I know has traction, yeah, I'm I'm doing my research. Like I I know going in already what guitar lick I'm about to show them, based off of what. I think that they are yeah. based off of talking to them or whatever it is. Yeah. So in that way, but getting into that writes its own, 
its own ball game, right? So being able to broadcast the legitimacy without broadcasting legitimacy is a big part of landing in this rights. Well, it it's is. Be, well, for me, it's being around <laughs> certain people. And then I don't like cliques at all. Like, I like to be friends with fucking everybody. I don't want to just have one group. Agreed. I, can't, I, I yeah. can't do it. Like, if you told me I just had to fucking hang out with you to be successful, I'm probably not going to want to fucking do it. I want to I want to fucking be friends with everybody. You know how many fist fights we'd all be in? <laughs> I, had to, I had to fucking walk away. I'm telling you, I know I've had to walk away from you. You get, you get fucking drunk, and you don't shut the fuck up, and I'm the nope. same way. Nope. I know when I get on a fucking roll and that Adderall kicks in, baby, let's go. Let's I'm be. fucking talking, baby. Let's go. I ain't fucking stopping. Like, yeah, we would fucking go crazy. But, like, it's I've had people ask to do the show, like, after like after having Bobby on. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, people would email me and stuff saying, oh, you did this. So, like, for somebody like me, because I still don't know what avenue I want to go down with this show. It's doing good enough to where I can do whatever the fuck I want. But mm, I that's love, the avenue. But I love country music so yeah. fucking much. And there's a lot of, like, the women we have on this show with, like, the OnlyFans and stuff. I know it deters, like, some artist-style women that are just 100% artists. They're not going to want to fucking do this show. Who I fucking love. Like, I love their music and shit. But it's like, I know that if I keep going Hey, I thought women were supposed to support women these days. I thought being being in sex work was supposed to be acceptable. You want to hear something fucked up about women supporting women? Back in October, I did that all female start to finish show at Live Oak. I remember. My daughter, the couple weeks before, had made me feel bad. She's just turned 12. She listens to the Live Oak show. She loves y'all's music and everything. And it's where she's like, how come there's not more women on your show? And I was like, okay, got it. I'm going to do this all-woman show start to finish. You And it got shared by a lot of women. It did. You you know what I mean? actually showed up to support them other women. It was our slackest crowd we have had at Live Oak ever. And there were so many women that commented on the videos and stuff that we put out. I can't wait to hear her play. I can't wait to go support her. Or so-and-so and all this. And it was like, why didn't you show the fuck Because women fucking hate each other. Buddy, let's, be, got, oh, hey, let's be honest hey, here. Not, they're like, know. support women. And then they're like, oh, my God, that bitch's style is terrible. And, like, dudes are, like, I'm not trying to be that asshole, okay? Like, you can be that I asshole. have a mom. I have a girlfriend. <laughs> I love women. If, if if I didn't have women in my life, I wouldn't be here, okay? Oh, absolutely. So, of course, like, yeah. that's And that's for any any of us, really. But... Isn't it wild how dudes can fucking have a fist fight and beat the shit out of each other, buzz each other's lips up, buzz each other's face up, buzz each other's eye up, whatever it is, and now that's your boy, dude. Yeah. You that's your sure fucking it, boy. Because if somebody's I willing to go there with you, right? because yeah. fights can end in death, really. Yeah. Like, it's, that seems crazy, but... It's, it's not crazy. Well, that, you earn a respect. Some, with somebody it. can fall, hit their head wrong, or whatever. Yeah. Right. If a dude is willing to go there with you, in in the world that we are in in twenty twenty four, and you find another man that is willing to have a fist fight, you go from whatever that drama was that made you get into that fist fight to fuck. I respect this guy. Because yeah. so few dudes would be willing to do that right now. Well, and I was just talking about this exact same thing two nights ago. I was like, the way that, that 
grown men act these days in this town, <laughs> in towns across the country. They, they oh, man, I'm a, I'm a grown-ass man. No. Well, first off, grown-ass men don't go around saying I'm a grown-ass man. Because you I don't fucking have to. I was just <laughs> telling my lady. I was, <laughs> I was just telling my lady the other night. I said, where I grew up, I was like, if people acted that way, I was like, you'd see, I mean, you can go to Oklahoma City and go to any of my buddies' bars in Oklahoma City that own these clubs, and you will see three or four, 15 people per side fight every weekend. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it is, we don't take no shit from nobody. We don't take no disrespect from you. We ain't going to let you treat a woman like that. Like, buddy, like, and, and once you go there, you figure out, Hey, buddy, I'm about it. Well, some of you us, you know, like, and when you meet another dude that's like, that's, that's about it, way. that's yeah. really willing to go there, where so, it, where we are in 2024, and you, I mean, shit, when I was young, we used to fucking fight, and motherfucker would walk on a school bus with his nosebleed, <laughs> and the bus driver wouldn't say shit to him, and he'd get on the back of the bus, and we'd talk about it, well, you I'm, know? Yeah. And like, you go from that, to like now, if there's a fight, you're going to fucking jail. So if you find a guy that's willing to go there with you, y'all fight it the fuck out, and no one calls the cops. There's a like a deep level of respect yeah. there. Well, Texas has got so that we mutual can go, combat. Yeah. Women, women will, will like be like, oh, we need to support each other. Y'all and hold like, that fucking grudge though from they're, the other. They're on that. Hey, forever. we got to support each other, and like women, like you know, they're trying to be. Down with other women and Buddy, stuff. Buddy, I got four sisters. I know and, exactly. and and then and then the moment they see another woman, they're talking shit about her. Yeah. And men, we might, I'm not saying we don't, but we'll go as far as punching each other in the fucking face, and then that's your fucking boy yeah. after that. Well, shit. I've, got, I've always I've had a theory. That's on your this. boy after that yep. shit. This is gonna sound fucked up because it's gonna sound like I'm being homophobic, and I do not mean it that way. I love the gays. I love that whole fucking. Me too. Community. They're cool as fuck to me, but. There were some of us that was raised on Lonesome Dove, and there were some of us that was raised on Brokeback Mountain. Like, there were some of us that got to where, I mean, it's okay to be sensitive. I mean, fuck y'all songwriters. I do what I do. Like, be sensitive, and that's fine. But we grew up to where Woodrow Calls got one of my favorite lines in any movie. I won't tolerate disrespect in a man. And that's how I was raised, to where everybody else is like, oh, we have to accept this, and we have to be soft, and we have to be blah, 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 blah. But... Our kind of guys are just grown folks in general. You can have that altercation. You can get it off your chest, and it ain't never back on your fucking chest to where right. everybody else wants to harbor that shit and put it down and be like, oh, no, we're going to use our words. Yeah. Oh, fuck your words. If me and you get into it, let's fucking roll. Get it over with if it gets to that point, and then let's move so on. So we can get on with our night. In, <laughs> in, some, in some senses, it is healthier. I mean, I know that. We're in a world right now that's like violence is terrible and any any form of violence is like unacceptable and shit. Like, fuck that. Okay, yeah. dude. I'm from fucking Switzerland, Florida, dude. We fucking fought. All oh, right. I promise you. Like, where I'm from. God damn, they don't call me Florida man for no fucking reason. We fucking fight. And it it was it, it, like, I mean, just to sum up basically what we're talking about, like, it was constructive in a lot of ways. Very much it builds so. it builds camaraderie in men in a weird way to be able to go fight it the fuck out 
and then buy the guy a fucking beer outdoors. Oh, absolutely. And then y'all are all of a sudden, y'all are best fucking friends, and you're, you're friends for 10 years because y'all fought one time in a parking lot. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's like, that. that's a that's a realistic thing. And and I noticed with, like, even my mom and with my girlfriend and with, like, women in my life, they'll get a grudge against some bitch, and they'll never let that shit absolutely. go. Absolutely. Dog, it will never. But they never fight it out. They just hold this fucking emotional yeah. grudge that never gets to get physically released. I feel like it's probably the reason you see this trend that we're talking about is because we get to just physically release it. And then it's like, Hey, you're not as bad as I thought you were. You yeah. were willing to go there with me. Yeah. You were willing to go there well, with you, me. And a lot where of times, so many men would not be willing to go there with me. So you must be my type of dude. Dude, you, you, know? you just took the words out yeah. of my mouth. I well, said, most of the time when people fight and they figured out, they're like, you're the same motherfucker as me. Right. Well, you, you must you know, be like, my type of dude. You're the same motherfucker. Yeah. When you figure you know? out that that person, even though you're contradicting or you're, you're fucking complete polar opposites on whatever you're talking about, when you realize that person is just as passionate in their beliefs as you are about your beliefs, and they're willing to go at fucking war with you, you kind of got to be that's like... That's friendship, baby. Yeah, it's kind of like, okay, I get it. I get it. I mean, that's it's, it's something. Like, I mean, if... if it's I respect. Mean, it's got to be respect. <clears throat> I don't know what else it would be. It's respect. And, and, and that's what we're missing, I think, so much in 2024 in this world is respect. I don't Big need time. to see eye to eye with you on every issue. Uh-huh. But being able to respect what you're talking about. And, and there's the level of if, if you want to disrespect... I might beat your ass. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, it's it's real cool to be able to sit down with people and and that are completely different than you and actually have a conversation. Not argue, but have a conversation and find out. I'm a big why person. If I ask you why you believe something and you say because I said so, I'm probably going to lose, or because I think so, I'm probably going to lose all respect for you. But if right. I ask you something and you go into detail why, I can at least acknowledge this person's done their homework. They know why they believe in what they believe in. They're not just some dumbass that's a sheep that's following what somebody else told them. Agreed. And I, I love dig, that and shit. I, and I can dig yeah. that shit now. I well, love that shit. I'm going to tell you that the, the thing that bothers me the most in, in this day and age when it comes to respect and things like that, because respect was a... My grandfather raised me in his 50s as a roughneck. Oh, you got it. Oil and gas. Yeah. And for me, respect is everything. It's everything. And it gets me in so much trouble because... People in this day and age, they think that they can just say to you whatever they want to say to you with no repercussions. I don't think they see the line of respect and where it lies like we used to. That that's what I don't think a lot of people that disrespect you nowadays even realize where the fucking line is supposed to be. They probably don't, and that's where education comes in. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, and I mean a different. And I kind agree. Of I agree with you. I agree with you. But <laughs> well, well, it's wild because. Especially yeah. folks that are a little younger than us uh, that didn't grow up in the same. Because, I mean, the world is changing rapidly yeah. right now. Like, a 10-year period right now is is progressing way fucking faster than a 10-year period my parents are growing up because of technology and how much it's ad- advancing. And And you got all these people online and they're in comment sections and they're able to just 
anonymously just talk yeah. whatever shit they want. Which, when we were growing up, if you talk that shit, you had to you wall that fucking wall get with your fucking ass well, beat, I mean, dog. Who, whoever you was Sorry, talking shit, bro. I mean, in that day and age, technology wise, then when I was in high school, if you was talking shit to somebody on Facebook or whatever. You was probably there within that week going to bump into that song. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, well, sir. Well, what that comment section has done to people, though, it has told people that, hey, you can go on somebody else's page. You can drop your point of view. And if they don't agree with your point of view, like, you can just belittle the fuck out of them. But it's literally points of view, opinions all the way around. Your opinion don't matter no more than me or right. mine. Like, it don't. It's not fucking math. It's not two plus two equals four. It's literally your fucking opinion. But the internet has made it to where everybody thinks their opinion is the gospel. Yeah. Like, right. if you say it, it fucking has got to be written in stone. It's and that's okay not to have case. one, and it's okay to have yours. Yeah. You know, but, like, just because that's what you think, that ain't what I think. You know, believe it or not, I'm allowed to think on my own. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? yeah. I get even more <laughs> pissed off when people try to tell me what's right and wrong. And what, yeah. Like, I don't ever tell nobody how to define their morals. What you, what you're, what you think is morally right. I can't tell you if it's right or wrong for me. You define your own morals. Mm -hmm. And when people start just fucking poking at your morals, though, it makes me so mad because it's like, I'm not doing that to you. No. Well, that's disrespect Yeah. at the end of the day. Like, that's a big thing of respect for me. Like, you know, I when I'm around my granny, let's say, my granny has worked in the same Southern Baptist church for fucking 50 years or more, 60 years. Who knows? Yeah. She's 96, so God knows how how long. Maybe between 50 and 60 years. And my granny said to me one time, she said, Ryan, why'd you get all them tattoos? <laughs> my granddaddy did it to me for me. And that's a hard question to answer to your damn 90-year-old yeah. granny who's yeah. – you know, a Southern Baptist, like, just, she's a good girl. I know exactly. I mean, she's a good girl. Like, my granny's a good girl as a cub. Yep. And I'm sitting there like, how do I even answer this? But you know what the first thing that comes to mind when I answer it is, is what's a respectful way to answer this? Because she might not agree with me. And she may not even understand. She doesn't understand at all. She doesn't agree with me at all. And she had the respect to ask me in a way that was like soft like that. Yeah. Like, Ryan, what made you want to do that? And I say to my granny, well, I like it. I like the way it feels. I like to wear, I already, as, as men and as, you know, as even as young boys, when you're, especially as young boys, you, you earn some scars. Yeah. You wear them on your body all the time. I got plenty of them. Oh, you ain't lying. I, mm -hmm. I, I'm covered it, in them. So tattoos is the same thing. You know, we're, well, we're just like I wear scars to my skin. You know, they like my granny's whole thing is like your body's a temple. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, my temple's a ragtag some bitch <laughs> in Tijuana, Mexico. Okay. <laughs> I'm right <laughs> fucking with you, boss. I don't know what to tell you. Well, like, it. I, it, it might still be a temple, yeah. but it's been scarred up since I was... It's got a couple holes in the roof. No, it's been, yeah, it's, it's got been, a leak or two. Yeah. It's been scarred up since I was young, and, and this, this scar here or this yeah. scar here or whatever scar ain't no different. 
But but in this scar, I got to ch- choose yeah. that scar and what it meant to me. Well, think about all this, though. Your granny or any of ours or whatever, because I'm 36, think me and you same age, yeah. and then you're 32. Yeah. Think about this. They don't understand our tattoos the way that their parents didn't understand when they started listening to rock and roll. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, it's just, you just they just don't get it. Like, it, you're never going to get it. They thought fucking rock and roll in the 50s was the devil's music. Oh, uh, yeah. And now we do got the fucking devil's music <laughs> left and right. They would have fucking, their brains would have exploded if they'd have fucking heard Little Nas they, X or some bullshit. They like, literally have, like, Satan worshiping conventions now. Yeah. In Vegas and everywhere. And I'm just Oh, like, it's a whole thing, you know. Oh, yeah, we're so fucked. But you know what's so, you know what's so interesting to me about that point? This is my this is my point about about the whole Satanism thing. I've met some people. I mean, I I've toured around most of my life. I started doing music when I was fourteen. Uh, started touring when I was sixteen. I could drive. Uh, I toured around, you know, my pretty much my whole you know since sixteen years old. And I've met a lot of people, and I've met some people that, you know, are like I'm. Uh, satanic and I you know study the satanic bible or whatever they call that thing and I can respect it because like I said we like we said before respect like I don't have to agree with you if you can tell me why I'm definitely not gonna like it and I'm probably not gonna be your best friend but but I respect I can if you got the box especially I'm I'm a Christian I ain't a damn good one but I'm a Christian I love the good lord and he loves me and I'm passionate about it to where I, I try to talk about it as much as possible. I feel like it's what you're supposed to do if you believe right. in God. But if they're just as passionate and they can tell me why. I'll respect I it all day. Say, yeah. That's my thing. If you can give me a damn reason why you believe what you believe and yeah. it's legit, that not even legit, like it has to fit my standards of what I find legitimate. But you have clearly... Looked into your opinion. You make a rational argument. Right. right. Well, I, I respect that. But the thing the thing that with the satanic thing is to me, which is so funny, is if you're talking about Satanism and you're talking about worshiping Satan, then you're obviously involved in the dichotomy of God and Satan. So you clearly believe, you in, God. believe in God. And, so you're, right. and you're telling you're, you're me choosing. that you believe yeah. that you worship the 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 uh, anti-hero yeah. in the same story that we believe. Right? We- <laughs> so like it's it's almost counterintuitive to me to be like, I'm a Satanist. I'm so different. And I'm like, you're literally buying into the same dichotomy we all are. But okay. Hey, right, you're just in the second chapter of the same book. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> you know the reason it's yeah. the same shit. I think the reason why people do that for most time when it comes to Satanism, I think it's because it gives you an excuse to do whatever the fuck you want to without feeling bad about anything. Well, about there's a whole thing making. though. See, there's a whole thing that they yes. like. I've talked to some of these, like, there's the Wicca thing. They don't necessarily consider themselves like Satanists. And then there's like Satanists. You have like their Satanic Bible. Yeah. yeah. And they're like. They're like kind of close to each other. One's more like we're witches and we do witchcraft, and one's like we worship Satan. So like maybe the witchcraft version, the Wicca or whatever, is a little less buying into the um, Abrahamic dichotomy. Yeah. But the Satanists are absolutely like you. You have to believe in the 
God of Abraham to believe in. Yeah, you, you're, you're, if you believe yeah. in Satan, you're still drinking the Kool-Aid. If right, you, if you look, yeah, well, yeah. You know, you know how, like, it's a struggle? You're to be, still drinking it either way. What's <laughs> kind of funny about it to me is, you know how, like, there's a struggle if you're a Christian to get to heaven. Like, you feel like you got to battle, like, every day to keep, like, some vices down to follow the Ten Commandments, like, oh, stuff like that. I guess if you're a Satanist, though, you know, without a doubt, you can fuck up all you want. You know where you're going at the end of the day. Like, well, like, hell yeah, you're going to see your guy. the fuck you want to. I'm going to say Your end goal, there's no way you're not getting there. Yeah. I mean, you remember, I remember when I was in, in high school, when all when all the emo stuff hit hit the streets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Hot Topic people and all oh, this Oh, I stuff. was involved in that shit, but I was in more of the hardcore side of it. Like yeah, I mean, heavy, when, heavy music. When, when, when like, you were. <laughs> yeah, more so than like, like uh, emotional punk, I was playing like really heavy shit. Yeah. But... Our sort of like worlds definitely collided. In well, and, and a lot of my friends at my school, because it was a lot of people like the Satanists and stuff to where it's like, I just want to be so different that I stand out. Yeah. And so a lot of those people, like they, they would listen to all this stuff and they'd say that they worship Satan. They do all this stuff. And like my thing is, is like you were talking about earlier. I don't judge anybody. I mean, who the hell am I, I was to judge? Probably pretty fucking judgy in high school when I saw that shit. Who the hell am I? I mean, oh, trust me, my grandmother would throw the book at him if she, yeah. you know. <laughs> buddy, I'm telling you. But but one thing that my grandmother always told me, and and I got a tattoo story about my grandmother too. Yeah. And and it's the best. But but my grandmother always said, "Son, their handshake with the good Lord is their handshake, not yours." Well, I like to say, you know, and, and it was that's a good I, way to put it. I like to say, whoever just, like is arguing with me or like trying to convince me I'm wrong on something. Or if I feel like what you're doing is different and I don't believe in it, I always like to remind myself, in both of our stories, neither one of us is the judge, the jury, or the executioner in our own case. Like, like it, you're not the defining thing of my life. I could live however the fuck I want to. Your right. say-so doesn't really affect me. The only way it affects me is if I allow it to. I'm probably not living right, but I know that. Yeah. Nobody knows, because I get to live in here every day. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's the thing to me is like people. I'd had babies. When, when, when people I lived here, I think no I way. think living right is uh, right. very much a thing with you and yourself, and even the Bible speaks about that. Where what you know in your heart as to be a sin is what is sin. Yeah. Right. And I think that that leaves room for a human to be a human, because like this, you know like super, super conservative lady in your southern small town might see your lifestyle that you're living as being like extremely sinful. But if you are not feeling that way because she's, you know, 40 years your senior and she's thinking that rock and roll music is the yeah. devil, you know. And well, like, the two just don't compare. And you might love Led Zeppelin, you know. Yeah. And, and like I'm, I'm thinking of even my parents' era in that way, but. But you, you know, can, but you can also say, then, but you love Conway. My era, from, <laughs> yeah. my era from theirs was a uh, was a leap as well. So it's like in the Bible it talks about you know your sin being a personal yes thing. Yeah. Well, so what you view like if I was a sexy chick, would I not have an OnlyFans? I would have a fucking OnlyFans, motherfucker. <laughs> I, yeah. I would. My asshole would be. Everywhere. I would. I thought about having an OnlyFans just to jerk off to gay dudes. 
<laughs> I'm not here with you. Just give, give me some money. Yeah. You know, your shit. I'm already just, doing this hey, shit for free. I'm going to jerk my dick anyway. I yeah. mean, I might as well jerk hey. it off for some gay dudes. Hell, you can make a million bucks just feeding the geese. Just <laughs> I've already fucking went broke just, doing it. I might as well make it's something. It's the same thing as going and buying a loaf of bread for the pigeons. <laughs> what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> I'm a jerky for the fucking thing. <laughs> oh, shit. It's like tossing bread for pigeons say, at the lake. Say, you say, know. Say, I'm just providing for the family. Just, <laughs> hey, if they're willing to pay me for it, why not do it? Yeah. You know? I, I, I get it. And but but that doesn't feel like a fucking sin to me because I'm just a fucking a dude. I don't think so. And 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 there's a bunch of look, God didn't give us sex and sexual feelings to fucking feel bad about him. Yeah. I'm sorry. Maybe my granny thought that. I don't think that. Yeah. Uh, why would you make, and my, my mom's in uh, biology and pharmacology, and uh, I grew up with a biologist mother in my house, and and we know uh, the the essential fact of life is that the entirety of life is based around sex. All of it. The entirety of life. Well, if you're- Everything in- about life and why it exists is based around sex. Now- the Bible talks a lot about sexual immorality, and I'm thinking from my granny's perspective yeah. here, you know, where she's thinking like, oh, sexual immorality, and this is immoral, and this is immoral. But that ain't your fucking place to tell me what's No, immoral. it's not. That's all I'm saying. That's, that's for Jesus. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That ain't, that ain't, and, and I think my granny knows that yeah. too, you know, to an extent, because she's a, a, a good Christian woman. But our, our standards change. Yeah, well, I think, I think what has happened is there's so many people that just do not realize that, like it says in the Bible, all sins created equal anyway, right? Absolutely. So there's too many people that don't realize that if they don't tithe the way they're supposed to, or they don't do whatever, or if they tell a little white lie, same thing of any bad thing that we could do. I still think that some should be worse, like murder, anything like that. Like, but still, I'm not the judge, jury, executioner. So I live under the assumption that all sin is created equal. So I have to treat everybody accordingly. As you're, if you're a sinner, because I'm a sinner. Are I think the reason why so many people are turned off by churches nowadays is because that old generation, they think that everything that you do is 10,000 times worse than anything that they've ever done. But if you look at all sin and feels created equal, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just a different generation. You're living yeah. a different way. Well, you know, I mean, like, it, like hey, to, to, to my granny, jerking off. It's probably a sin. <laughs> uh, guess what? Medical science tells us that uh, you kind of have to bust nuts or it'll fuck up your uh, entire system. So, like, that the idea of that being a sin, and, and I mean, shit, I, I studied history, so, like, you look back at how they used to treat if that. You start telling me the history the, of jerking off. Bro. Oh, dude, no, they <laughs> used to do this. No, they used to put steel. They used to put steel fucking belts Chastity and shit around belts. around Chastity young, uh, you know, teenage boys' fucking uh, you know genitalia with a fucking piece of steel and shit so they couldn't jerk the dick. Dude, we fucking jerk our dicks, and you know what? We learn from a young age and. It's actually, we've found now medically and scientifically that it's fucking imperative that we do it because if, if, you, if you let it build up and, and stay stagnant, it's not good for you. Well, we, we, we know this to be know, true. Every- so why would God, this almighty God, who said jerking off is bad, 
make it where you have to jerk off or you might deal with medical problems. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I get it. You know, I, I, get I, what I you think mean. If, I think if we didn't, there'd have been way more world wars. But it just wars shows you the inconsistency. <laughs> it just shows you the inconsistency you ever, of you what ever we... been ill as fuck and then nutted. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's what I want to think. Like Hitler, like he just didn't come. Yeah, that's, that's what his fucking problem. Was. Osama. He bin was Laden. so pissed because he never came. Osama bin Laden didn't come. Out there with a bunch of goats. Like, yeah, like the Hey, listen, you know they fucking came. <laughs> hypocrites. They yeah. were coming all the time. Yeah. Okay. Maybe Hitler with all this methamphetamine use. Maybe he didn't, but definitely Osama did. Oh yeah. Hey, <laughs> can can I can I tell you this can I tell you the story about the my grandmother? If the it tattoo? gets him off of saying yes. jerking off a hundred times. So yeah, by the way, we no, I, think a lot. I think it's we, important. I get it. By the way, you know why we do it? Like, no matter how much we've evolved, we still have caveman brain. Oh, fuck we, yeah. We can't help it. We, we as males, me, women want to nurture, men want to lust. We yeah. can't help it. It's not that we want to, but <laughs> there's not been a woman that I've seen that I thought was attractive. And the first thing in my brain when I see her is not, oh, I bet she's smart. Oh, what does she do for a living? It's, I bet this bitch look good as fuck naked. She might be a starfish, but I don't care. Like I can't, I can't fucking stop myself, brother. I mean, I, this is the way we were built by yeah, life. I, I, Thank agree, you, I agree with Thank you. Thank you, like, Lord I mean, Jesus. And, and this and this is probably terrible. This is probably horrible. But you don't think that when you you you, you look at a you look at a woman and you're like, fuck, she's attractive, yeah. or you know, like you you don't think. I wonder what she went to college for. I've never thought of it. You know, and when they look at us, they probably don't think. I wonder what he went to college for. They don't think that shit when they look at us either. I think I think with women, I think it's more they you just hit the button on the outside. I think it's right. I think with women, it's more when they look at a male, it's can they provide for me? Are they gonna be good husband? Are they gonna do whatever. Like they're gonna be somebody who supports me or whatever. And we're like, yeah. I bet I hope this bitch sucks a good dick. That's what you. That's what you think, and you can't fucking help it. Hey, will you turn that fucking fan off? It is two degrees. Will you hit the button over there? But you know that's what's that's made our species going down and going down man, in my chest. Right I mean, will you give me a little dab? As as a as a man that grew up with a mother biologist, I think you just hit the top. That one. that is uh that is how our species was designed. We're cavemen, yeah. dude. We have not evolved that fucking much. And and you know what? And I and I'll tell you this, like not not the not the not the ugly side of that dichotomy, but but the part of it where there's a part of it where women like that about us. Oh yes. Of course like, they do. Like they don't like the fact that men are looking at other women and women and going Oh shit! I, I need that. Like they don't love that, obviously, but there's a part of men where you know heterosexual women are looking at men and going, "Well, I'll tell you this: he he knows who he is, he is who he is, and um, you know, strong personality equals strong, you know, will and desire and strong all, all, all sorts of things." And, and that's attractive. Well, also, you know? the thing about it is, I bet each one of us has dated somebody like this before that was closed off sexually and how miserable they were. But then you date somebody that's very open 
about like what they like, what they want, and all that kind of stuff. That woman's always happy. Yes. Yeah. That woman is always fucking happy. If she's, and I don't want to say freak, she's just open about what she likes just and not scared to tell you. Well, yeah. a, a always lot of, fucking happier. A woman. lot of people don't like those girls that are outspoken and all that. Like, well, I don't like her because she, like, she just got a big mouth and she's got all this. And I'm like, that girl's probably the best girl for you. You're yeah. describing my girlfriend. I love you know her. What I mean? there, but, <laughs> love there, you, Kerrigan. Well, there's a fine line between being crude. Like, I don't like just if you're fucking crude and kind of nasty with the way you talk. Love that. I fucking I love that. You're, 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 that you're crude and terrible. Give me more. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm talking about, like, the ones that will openly tell you what they like, how they want. Those women are always happier because they've They're got happy. man brain. They're, they want you to do what you want. They're not waiting on some dude to come along and just and, surprise. And, and I think you. they know they know that there I'm is. i them switches, I guess. I don't know. There is a, a difference in the way men and women are supposed to think and act. There, there is, and... Uh, with with heterosexual men, heterosexual women, I have plenty of gay friends, yeah. so I know it's different for them. But like with heterosexual men and heterosexual women, women like strong, opinionated fucking men. Yes, who don't give a fuck what you think. Yeah, and most of the time, that woman don't give a fuck what you think neither. Well, why do you? And think- that's why we uh, attract yes. to each other. Well, why do you think that? Most of the time, and everybody knows the, these guys, and in hell, I've been that guy. You've been that guy. Every one of us in this room have been that guy to where every girl that, that you have dated or whatever was like, that guy's a fucking asshole. And then the next thing you know, y'all She's end dating up dating. That asshole. Y'all end up dating. You do whatever. Because every guy's went through that phase to where I don't give a shit what anybody thinks. I don't give a shit what that girl thinks. I don't care. I'm just going to be me. Uh, and the next thing you know, they're telling people that, and then they're hitting you up. Well, women don't you know? want, no matter what they say, they might want you to be in touch with your sensitive side. They might want you to be aware it's, of it's their the, needs. It's but they the, do not want you to be overly fucking sensitive or feminine. Like, a woman does it. The reason why we've got the other communities that love what they love and everything is, like, two feminine guys make sense together. Two women that are kind of strong-willed that end up being lesbian, they end up together. It makes sense. I get it. But a woman does, if, if you're a woman to the core and you don't want a guy that you're going to have to worry about if you got, if they somebody came up and tried to rob you, that guy's going to go, oh, no, and run away. Right. Like, you want a man. And yep. that asshole is usually a fucking stand-up fucking man. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And, and honestly, like, you know, that in our in our fathers' generations and grandfathers' generations, uh, be uh, being able to show the sensitive side was maybe a sign of weakness. Yes. Yep. Where now, it's not only not a sign of weakness. It's like if we show the tough side, we're misogynist. And we're whatever. Overpowering But I would say that, <clears throat> like, with that change comes, women still like the, the rough side of shit, but if you're able to be as rough of a motherfucker as you need to be when it comes time, yeah, and as cool and empathetic and sensitive as a dude. Yeah. 
as you can be, that, that that's a great thing to be. I, I would say, like, men before us didn't get to experience that because, well, you know, having emotion and crying about shit was, like, not acceptable. Yeah, you, we now, were told to put a fucking dirt on everything. Now, you know, we, can be, we can be just as, like, I don't fucking put up bullshit. My grandfather and my father's uh, sort of perspective has influenced mine. Yeah. But I also know how to cry when it needs to happen. Absolutely. Or, you know, be empathetic to a situation that that clearly deserves it. That, in, in a way, that's made us evolve to an even better space. Shape this evolution. Our, no, it is one hundred percent than the men before uh, us. Do you think about all the men, our granddaddies and our daddies' ages, that were unable to actually talk about the things that were bothering them to the point to where it ate them alive, and it became cancer. It became just, and they died it, at sixty-eight. Yeah, because you know, just, like, <laughs> yeah. Imagine what their podcast would have been like. Oh man, I would love. Well, uh, I shot, would love. I shot eighteen holes of golf today, buddy. I would. What love. about you, Roger? Yeah. Well, uh. They're, they're I uh, had a slice of pizza. They're scared to be open. You know, I think it would be probably the most amazing thing ever for everybody's grandpa to just start a podcast and say how they were raised and how and how they dealt with their emotions. Oh, we and would things. love that. Because There's a lot of people from the because, other side of this argument. Because that would going not. going back to what you're talking about about being empathetic and being able to cry and, and things like that and still being strong and and I don't think. To, to be with the woman and to be a strong man, you don't have to be the baddest son bitch that walks on each side of the sidewalk. Fuck I no. Mean, I mean, if somebody says something slick, be like, hey, son bitch, you ain't got to win yeah. that fight. Yeah. Stand up I for mean, your woman. Yeah. And be a man. I but always like to I, say it's the cowboy shit, but it was cool when there was more cowboys around. Like it, Jack and Rock. world was a lot cooler when people like, well, if you saw somebody like you back in the day, like same thing now, like, you know, somebody looking at you, ain't probably... They don't not gonna fuck with you. They're not gonna give you shit because they're like this dude's probably gonna tell me shut. He's the fuck probably up. got thirty eight. Yeah, pocket. exactly right. <laughs> when people or knew, a 40, or, or a forty five, or a forty five. Uh, when, <laughs> when people knew to stay in their own lane because you had gatekeepers, you had people that was like, if you fuck up this bar right now, if you come in here showing your ass. That fellow over there is going to whoop your fucking ass and toss you out. You didn't have people being disrespectful, acting stupid. Nope. And if they did, they didn't fucking last long. And in our society, there's not enough cowboys. Well, there's not enough grown-ass men acting like grown-ass men. to Already grown-ass women acting like grown-ass women. To damn be well, the now you go to jail. Yeah. That's the fucked up thing. Now, like, dude, I mean, I can remember one of the last real... Bar fights I saw, not like, I mean, I've seen obviously some more recently than, you know, this, but one of the last bar fights I saw that was a real bar fight was almost 10 years ago, and it was in my hometown, and two boys that was, we'd not known each other for fucking ever, you yeah. know, and one of them was a cop. <laughs> and one of them was the regular at the bar and they got into some shit about some shit whatever it was and the one that wasn't a cop he picked the one that was a cop up by his neck and put him through the fucking wall and the fucking bar owner was like 
fuck you. You cannot do this in my bar. I got to fix that now. And, so and now I'm going to have hate they from the went guys. Outside. <laughs> they went outside like it was about to be a fucking fight. And they hugged it out. And it was like, it was one of those real bar fights where that could have turned into something more. But we're also in a small town and we know each other. Yeah. Yeah. You know what and I've always. It was real. And it was like, no cops got called. Yeah. Cops never came. Yeah. My motherfucker put a guy that was a cop through a fucking wall of a bar. Like, he took his neck and put his head and back and, and ass through a, <laughs> through a fucking wall. And he had to come back and fix it for the bar. The that that was the deal? Yeah, that oh, was yeah, the deal. Yeah. He's like, I ain't going to call the guns if you come fix it for me. <laughs> and that that was how it used to be, you yeah. know. And you you just can't get away with it anymore. Uh -huh. And that I think that is harmful for men yeah. to not be able to express these things because then those things just get expressed on the women. And as love. artists, we definitely, right. and, as, and as public figures or people that have shows or people that are trying to do things in this life now, like I mean, if if I, if I got in a fight in in Midtown or something like that, or get arrested or whatever for for public in talks or whatever, just living a day to day life and living in Nashville and stuff like that, that's the end of us almost. It's a, for y'all, it is for me. You know, like to get in a fight in hey, Midtown. Hey, cancel me, assholes. Well, see that well, you that, know, it's just like that's it. Yeah, that's it. I, I get that, <laughs> but at the same time too, I feel like. If you do it and you do it under the right circle, how I told you a while ago before this thing started, that like every one of my heroes, everybody I look up and I idolize has got a fucking mugshot here. Yep. I want a mugshot here, but I want it for the right fucking reason. <laughs> yeah. I want it that something was going down. I acted like a grown man should. Regardless Whoop of it. Ace. Yeah, like. Whooped his ass. Never, <laughs> I, Whipped his ass. <laughs> And it's probably some mental health disorder that I have to go along with the rest of ones that I know that I already got. But I don't think that it, I think it, for all of us in this room, all four of us, I think if any of us saw a woman and a dude was putting his hands on his woman, I don't think that we would stop and think about the consequences. Without a that, doubt. That we would fucking do it. Fuck no. Now, if it was just some little bitch boy talking at the bar, yeah, you sit there and you think about it for a minute. You'll think about your career. Or whatever, like you like this dude ain't fucking worth it, and that's fine. But none of us would back down if we were put in a situation to where a a, a fucking grown figure was needed. Have you heard about the bystander complex? I don't know what that is. So like, if something if someone's going through something dire, like whether it's like someone's having a heart attack, or whether it's like a woman's getting beat up by her man, or whether it's whatever it is, yeah. so, something dire, right? There's a there's a thing in psychology called the bystander complex, which is everyone will more than likely stand around and wait for somebody to act. Oh, uh, okay. Right? Yeah. And I think that is a trait in in, in this day and age right now. Uh, being an, more of an old school man like our grandfathers were and our fathers were, where you're you're going to uh, interject in something that's whether it's a you know woman getting beat up by a man in public, or whether it's some guy having a heart attack, or whether it's 
Yeah. You got to save somebody. That seemed like way more common with our grandfathers and fathers. They would just go do that. Uh, and, and, and maybe the bystander complex still existed in their era too, just like it does in ours. But the idea that people will see something fucked up go down and not do nothing about expecting somebody else to. Well, I think I think the older generation, I think it was definitely there because you still had the civil rights stuff. You still had a lot of shit like that to where everybody else, because like I've got family members that are old as hell that didn't help out with any of that stuff, but they wasn't racist. They wasn't a bad person. They just they were they didn't know how to address it. They didn't know how to help without making them. It, it was new. Right. It was right. uncomfortable. And that that was a wild time too yeah. with all that where it's like, how do you you don't know how to navigate what, it. What do you yeah. do, really? And now it's completely different, though. The people that act that way, they're thinking about the consequences before they act. To where, like, people like us, I mean, you might call it hot-headed, you might call it whatever. I think it's a good thing that you got people that'll leap before they think. Now, yes. It'll get us in fucking trouble. Society needs those people, yes. though, because of that bystander complex, yeah. which is a... which. I might be quoting that wrong, what it's actually called psychologically, but there, but sounds right. what I'm talking about is, is a real thing. And people will wait for that person that's going to jump. And like, this sounds super lame, but I grew up in Boy Scouts, like my whole fucking life. I'm an Eagle Scout. And like, one of the things that you like get taught when you're doing that, because it's, it's basically pre-military. Yeah. The, the guy that started Boy Scouts was a guy that was a military general, and he wanted to prep young boys to by the time they got in the military age, they already knew all the shit going on. It teaches it. you how to be a leader of men. Absolutely. And one of the things that we talked about a lot in, in doing that was not being a bystander. Yeah. When the bystander complex kicks in with everybody else, you're not one of those people. Yeah. You're going in and helping. You're figuring out a way to save this person or to whatever it is, whatever it is. Because the bystander complex goes into many different factions. I think with that, in the modern day, it ain't our grandparents' generation anymore. It's so rare that... Nowadays, instead of, like, it's crazy. Instead of the person that's thinking their whole life, I'm not going to be the bystander. I'm going to act. The person that's not the bystander is pulling out their phone and filming it. Buddy, I can can be in Walmart, and you can ask my lady. This has happened a thousand times. I can be in Walmart watching a guy yank his little boy or his little girl too hard, or I can be walking down the sidewalk and somebody yanks their dog too hard. Or something like that. And I'm like, he yanks that boy like that again. I'm going to wear his ass out right here in Walmart. Yeah. Well, you know, mean, like, I, I mean. You might. It's, it's, that that boy, if you whooped his dad's ass, he might think of you as the hero of his life and want to be more or, like you for the rest of his fucking life for beating the shit out of his terrible fucking dad. Well, a lot of people. And like, that's I, fucking awesome, I think. It, I've just always. My, and my grandfather, dude, I'm going to tell you. When we were. I was probably 12 or 13 years old. We was at the State Fair of Oklahoma, and we're walking down the midway, 
And these two little kids get in a fight. And when I say little kids, they was a little bit younger than me. And I, was, I mean, I had to have been a teenager. And my grandpa took his belt off and whipped these two strangers' yeah. kids' ass. And then the dad comes running up and says, you ain't going to whip my boy. And my grandpa goes, if you don't I'll get your... you, cheeseburger. And, and yeah. my, my grandfather, without missing a beat, said, you don't get a hold on them kids, you're going to get the same shit, is what he told well, him. There's not a... <laughs> At the state fair of Oklahoma. My fucking God, dude. I love this guy. It's like how you said. There's Never too, met him. There's love too him. many people that are waiting on somebody else to make the move. There's too many people that are filming when it happens. I think for the longest time, a lot of people got told if you have the hero complex or you have like the savior complex or whatever, that it's wrong, it's bad. I think it's necessary. It is. I think it's absolutely necessary. It, uh, so one of the things that we studied when we were learning about uh, this kind of this topic was a, was a situation in New York City. Uh, I, I, it might have been in the 80s. Maybe it was early nineties. I can't. I can't exactly remember, but it was something that we learned about in history school. Actually, so it was a completely different com context. Learning this story, but there was a woman in New York City. Maybe it was Brooklyn. Maybe it was Queens. It was not on Manhattan Island. You're away from people, and his apartment complex. It's a pretty famous story about the bystander complex. This, this kind of feeds into the, this is where the, uh, the woman idea got, of the bystander Is this complex. where the woman got mugged and nobody helped her? She got stabbed to death. Yeah. And, and I mean, in the apartment building that was directly above her, you know, you had, I mean, 60, 70 residents, probably maybe more, and you had... Uh, at least half of those that were facing the street that would have saw it, it. They saw it going on, and and no one called nine one one. No one did shit. They just listened to this girl get mugged and stabbed to death outside of her apartment and die. And when they asked, I think it was a reporter or something. Reason the story got so big. Everybody had heard it. Everybody had seen it. And they asked, the reporter asked, like, everybody that lived there, like, why didn't you call for help? Why didn't you get under help? And the common answer between all of them was, oh, I figured somebody else was going to, pretty much. Like, yes. in their own words. Yes. Let, watch this and they guy. had all heard it. They, it wasn't like, they, I mean, they ain't dumb. We're people, dude. Yeah. We, we got ears and, and eyes for a reason, you know. Yeah. We see shit going on around us. And, and and no one did a goddamn thing. And and that was something that, like, with between my father and being an Eagle Scout and all these things was taught into me was like, you fucking do something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They might not, but you do. You got to. But you do. And that's why we don't want to. And I, I've act. lived by that my whole life. Like, yeah. they might not, but you do. Yeah. And I think that shit's important. And nowadays, you go and intervene in, in like something. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok shop. 
and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. That's going on like that, and you might end up with a charge at the end of the day for neglectful hey, there's CPR you. There's on a person. Your, there's you a mugshot right there. Yeah. There's you I a mugshot. I've got a feeling that's how I'm going to get one. My, my Outback Steakhouse that I worked at, I, I saw two people damn near choked to death in my restaurant through my 10 years in the restaurant business. And my first damn restaurant, Sonny's Barbecue. I know I got them in Georgia. I'm a Sonny's guy. My first Sonny's table. So we went by a row, right? One, two, three, four, five, six. Seat two, one, which is row two, seat one. Somebody died of a heart attack in that seat right before I started working there. So they was like, are we going to see his ghost? That's seat two, one, you know? But, like, I didn't even know that was a thing when I first started working in business. Like, people die? Yeah. Yes, people fucking die in restaurants from trying to swallow shit that's too big. All the time. And you, as, as me, who's, like, raised that way, like, everybody else could not be doing shit. You do, though. You're the kind of person that does. And I was, I was brought up that way. And I had two people in my time as a server choking to death at their seat. And my instruction by the restaurant was to not touch them. Nope, can't because do Because they'll sue the restaurant. Really? They'll sue the restaurant. I didn't know that. And they'll sue me. I, yeah, well, I, you, you I'd just, have to get sued. I'm about to say, you ain't going to sue, sue no, I, I let nobody die. Dude, I, I mean. You're going to sue me then. Dude, one time, so the first time, dude, this was some crazy shit. My girl, Karina. Karina was a sweet chick, dude. I, she was like 40-something when I was like 18. You know, she was like my mama at work. You know what I mean? And Karina was my girl. And I came to work one day. I walked in the front door, and I see Karina standing over her table. Like, she's the first thing I see, like, straight in the front door. Karina's table. I see Karina. Hold she's on. you tell this story, hit pause. I got to piss. I don't know if y'all. Okay, we're back. Piss break. We had to talk some real shit for a minute. But, no, what, what I was saying is, is across all of the boards with that, as far as you being a musician, if they're listening to this, they already know you're a musician. They want to know who the fuck you are. Like, right. And I think there's too many people that are actually scared, whether it's something that I do, something that you do, or whatever, to let out the realness because you're like, oh, some people's going to talk shit or whatever. But the fans you build that make a connection with you and your realness, it's like, even, I, I can't sing, but when I hear you sing a song that just hits me to the core, I feel like I can relate to you. I feel like... I want to hear everything that you have if you're relatable to me. Yeah. Well, you can't sing a song all day, every day. You can't put out a new fucking song all day, every day. But you can put out who you really are, and then that's where people are going to identify with you the same way they identify with a song. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you're not just their favorite artist. 
You're one of their favorite fucking people. Mm-hmm. And that's how you become their favorite artist, yeah. by becoming their favorite person. Yeah. We, you know, we've talked about that shit for a long time. Like, when I, when I was coming up in town, I was in the same office with Luke Combs and Riley Green and Muscadine Bloodline. And I credit all those guys for helping me mindset-wise, helping me know what it looks like to be the thing that's about to happen. You yeah. know, I, I, you, you can't help but notice. And the, the times that I got to have with those guys where we're just talking that real shit and like getting to know each other like on a real level was like, that's the kind of thing on a podcast. Like, you know, back then you wish you could have got that, that perspective on these guys. Yeah. But at the same time, as, as the artist or whatever, you worried like, damn, are they going to cancel me? Because I said... I don't think you can get canceled anymore. X, I- Y, or Z. And I'll, tell you, I'll just tell you right now, I'm uncancelable because I don't give a fuck what you think. I ain't signed to no label. I ain't signed to nobody. I got a gold record. I never signed a fucking deal in my entire life. By the way, congratulations. I heard you say that the other night. Always at Live Oak, last show you played with. I never signed a fucking goddamn publishing deal in my entire life. I got a gold fucking record. So I never gave a fuck what anyone thought anyway. And, you know, thank God for that. Thank you. Thank you, Dad. And thank you, Lord, for instilling that in me. But, uh, you know, I think now I'm like, Sometimes I try to be a little political. Yeah. Where I'm like, well, you know, I, I am an asshole, but do I want everybody to think I'm an asshole? Not really. So maybe I'll try to hold my tongue and shit. And now I'm just like, dude, cancel me, dude. Well, I don't, Look I, what I, it did for Morgan Wallen. I don't <laughs> think anybody can be canceled That's anymore. True. I think your social media can be deleted. But I think when shit like that happens, I think you build a fan base. And I'm not talking about Morgan's thing or whatever. I'm talking about people just getting to know you and getting to know your beliefs to the point to where it's like, sure. to where you line up with it. Like, it's like, I fucking get this guy. I want to listen to his music because I'm supporting someone like me. Anytime you've ever connected with a song as a kid or whatever, it was because it made you think about something in your life. Totally. And it's the same fucking thing when you're talking and hearing somebody on a podcast or seeing them in person. When they say shit, you fucking want to. I've never met Cody Johnson a day in my life. But I know for a fact that that's my fucking guy. Yeah, cool Like, that's my dude. The shit you see on social media, the stuff that he posts, his songs that he puts out, he is the kind of dude that I go to fucking war for. Yep. Yep. And I, I don't know shit about him. Right. Besides yeah. for just that stuff, and that's the same way I feel like every artist has to be. He's not thinking. He ain't never thought, hey, I, if I say this, am I fucked? Well, right. I, I don't, I, but he's not also saying shit that no one else is thinking. Well, he, he's, and he's not so far right or left. He's just literally saying what everybody's fucking thinking. I think that a lot of it is is like when it comes to Cody Johnson and a lot of those people like that. Like, And there's been a bunch of people in the last few years – famous touring artists that have been around for a long time that are still touring to this day to where they get wasted at three o'clock in the morning and they get on their Instagram live or they get on whatever and they say a bunch of shit and they get their ass in trouble. I think people like Cody and all that, they're like, they Cody's a cowboy. Yeah. 
You, it's, you, it's ain't, you ain't going to catch him. That's it. You ain't going to catch him at three o'clock in the morning, drunk on a yeah. on a live somewhere. No, yeah. you know, like I mean, well, people always try to catch easier, me on that shit. It's easy. <laughs> it's easier for people like that. Cameras come out because I don't think that a it will never cross his mind at the end of his day when he's been drinking. Let's get on a live somewhere. He don't give no, a well, shit even, about even if he well, you got to be though. careful who you hang out with because people will try to throw you on. I've been thrown oh, on we some all Snapchats <laughs> and some bullshit. Snapchat where I was, was the fucked worst. Up and talking my shit, which well, then you got shitty friends because we've even, all fuck. I mean, we've but all, even then, yeah. I'm not gonna talk some shit I don't fucking believe. Yeah, but it's the way. Do you, I want people way. to know what I believe all the time? Maybe not. We used to never tell people who we voted for, what we thought politically. Yeah. That was well because it wasn't nobody's business. Yeah. Religion, you keep out of conversation, you know, and and that's a smart that's a smart decision. So, yeah. you know, now in this day and age, where you know we all have our own views and like we all think about stuff, and we might say to our closest friends what we really think about a specific issue. Yeah, yeah, and that's where we get in trouble because you know, I mean, average fifty percent or, or or somewhere close to that aren't going to believe your perspective on what you think about an issue. Yeah, but if you look at it like this, that fifty percent is never going to be a fan of you, never going to support you, never buy an album, never buy a ticket. So I agree. It, so and it I don't doesn't give a matter. Shit. It doesn't matter. The people that listen to this show. The yeah. people, the people that support me, the people that fucking like what I do. Yeah. If I was to start having, this is I, I know that there's gonna be some people there Wednesday, and they're gonna know exactly what I'm talking about, but I don't care. I'm just gonna say it. There's somebody helping me put the show together on Wednesday. There's starting to be agencies and stuff reach out to me. Hey, we want to get a couple of our guys and girls on the show or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm picky about who I have on my show, and it's not that I think that this person's bad compared to this person being good. It's I stick to the things that I say. I'm not going to have a country rapper on my show. I'm not going to have somebody that's not authentically country in my mind or just really good at what they do on my show. Yeah. I just refuse it. They had somebody, and they were like, look, we want to put him on the show. He's got like 6 million TikTok followers and all this kind of stuff. I already don't like this guy as far as an artist goes. I don't know him personally. don't know shit about him, but I don't like that. And I, when I told this person, hey, I don't want this person on my show, but you've got somebody that's got 1,200 followers on Instagram that I think is fucking awesome, it blew their mind. Like, it's where you, those numbers really at the end of the day don't mean shit. Like, talent, right. y'all both know, y'all both have wrote some badass songs, y'all been around people, and you've seen people, I'm like, why the fuck have they not made it? Why have I not made it? But this fucking clown has. Right. And with me... I don't want to put that clown out there. I want to put what I think is real talent. And it it, it builds my audience where they trust me on my opinion. I was, and I, I was just thinking that. Like, I respect the fact that the people that are listening to you, that they're letting you be their curator. Yeah. Yes. And and like, like, a, like a big playlist yeah. would be, you know, where... You know how much faith they would that, lose in me, though, if I was to have on the show... After I've said time, you and time have to again. curate as a necessity yeah. because of your fan base. Yeah. You have to curate. Well, 
I don't want to lose. Res- I don't want to lose their respect to where if I had somebody like that on the show, or I had like a country. There was a country rapper on a group show with us one time, and they literally asked me on the spot like what I thought about their music, and in the most respectful way, I said, "You're obviously selling tickets. People like it, but it's not for me." Like I'm not going. How did that go over? He he didn't like it, but he didn't dislike. I don't think anybody. Well, I mean, ever... how can you dislike it? That's like saying you don't like apples because you like. Well, oranges. you know what's crazy to me? So, like thinking about all that, because I, I, obviously I I didn't like love that fucking shit early on. But yep. I have a jelly roll. I have two jelly roll cuts, and um, I like Yellow Wolf. So you know, it uh, it's a weird topic for me. But what's so wild is. In the country's ass places, you got your fucking cowboys, your Keith Whitley fuckers, your your Merle Haggard fuckers, and then you got your damn your yellow wolf, your fucking mm-hmm. jelly roll sons of bitches. That is a part of country ass southern culture. I don't. I'm from the south, so I don't really know much about other. Co- uh, other cultures, uh, rural cultures, like I do the Southern culture, but in the South, you know, you we got a lot of black folk, man. We got ninety percent of the black population of the country in the South. Like rap is a part of our culture. It's a part of a, uh, a lot of people's lives, and so it, it's weird, like. Like when it comes to like country ass living yeah. in the South, you got well, you got kind of yeah. Both of those things are sort of represented, and you might be like, "Yo, I don't really fuck with that," and that's okay. But like that shit is equally a part of. But Southern there are certain ones that culture. cross over. That is just so good; it's undeniable. But it's also I'm a Yellow Wolf guy. I like I do like Yellow. Yeah. I was not like. There's one Jelly Roll album from back in the day. It was him and Little White. And I had that a long time ago. I like that. I've always liked the stuff that they've put out, our Jelly Rolls put out, that hasn't been more like hardcore rap. I don't, I don't really know how to define it. But this new stuff that he's came out with and, and his story, if somebody was to walk in here right now and said that they didn't respect the fuck out of that man and just admire his story, where he's came from, what he's been through, what he does, and like see that dude's heart. Yeah. That'd be a piece of shit. What I'm talking about is like when you've got people that are just so delusional by the, which everybody knows it. Like, it, there's a lot of people make shitty music. Yeah. But there's a lot of that shit that's with that community. And it gets, I don't think Jelly Roll, I don't think Yellow Wolf gets, should be put into just that community. I know what you're saying. You know about what I'm saying? Like, too. I know yeah, what you're I know, saying. But about there that. are some that are so fucking bad. So bad. That is like, how do you even consider this fucking I almost music? want to throw out like three names right now, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah. God bless him. See, I'm not even, I'm not even, like as far <laughs> as his music goes, like Ryan Upchurch. But I've, but as, as far as what he does on social media, as far as him playing the character, as far as how he talks and how he's passionate about stuff, I've got a lot of respect for that dude. Me too. You, you're yep. not going to find me at one of his concerts, but his fan base is massive. He's obviously fucking killing it. But he he's, speaks and a lot respect, of the truth yeah. of what yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. He speaks a lot of the truth, and, and but the thing about it is, I wish, I wish with him, and and this is just my personal opinion. I mean, I, this is just from my standpoint. 
Like a lot of the stuff I wish, you know, people like we was talking about earlier, people want to know the ins and outs of you. They want to know, yeah. they want to know the inside scoop. They want to be inside your home and want to know what's really going on in your life every day. And that's what the, the that's what they want out of you. But I think a lot of people They want to feel like they're part of you yeah, in your life. Yeah, but a, a lot of people out there, and, and I'm just using him as an example because, you, you know, but there's a lot of people, and he's one of them that I've noticed that when, I guess, when his mother or something like that had bought a house in, in his I saw, name. I know exactly where you're going with this. Something, I'm like, I'm like man, much. this is too much that you're giving to people. This is your private life, you know, like, like that stuff. That I, that I would never, I don't want anybody to know well, all of that stuff. Well, think of it like You this. know, I mean, in a way. You know what I'm saying? No, like, I, I, yeah. Well, I think agree. of it like this, especially with him. Even though he is talented in what he does, it's just not for me. Like, I, and I can't take that away from him. When you've built your whole career off of social media, I feel like you have to keep feeding into it, and you don't know when to stop. Yeah, now, like there's a lot of people. Shock value matters. Yes, exactly. His was, career. That's what especially. I was getting to. When you get to a point, because there, there's no way, like you, it, it's got to be the same one writing a song. To be honest with, you. like some days you just ain't got it. Some days it's just not there. But if you're working in social media and you have a day that's not there, and there's low hanging fruit for you to grab, that is drama. And you know that if you grab that low hanging fruit, and you put some drama out there, and your shit's gonna explode that day. When, it, when you didn't have nothing at all, like when you're just having a bad day and you don't have anything, none of the creative juices are flowing, that low-hanging fruit gets a whole lot easier to start grabbing. Yeah. Right. Like, and you're like, oh, I'm going to get fucking how many more people following me today because of that? Well, I mean, honestly, like I've, I've had to do that in a way, like, you know, being an artist, you know, the, the team is like, you know, you need to be posting this amount of days and you need to be posting at this time and all that. And as much as of a pain in the ass that that is, like when you're doing it as an independent and you you don't have somebody that can follow you around or do camera footage or, yeah. or dude that shit's big too you know, man and, god and, damn but i find myself sometimes like laying in bed like before i go to sleep and be like what can i post tomorrow and it's just what you're talking about it's like what do you have left that you haven't posted that you probably could post so, you might need to or you probably shouldn't well i bet it's the same way with the songs it is with me doing the show or posting content or whatever it's never when I force an idea that I have a good idea. Right. It's always when something just fucking out of nowhere hits me, and it's like, oh, that's good. But that's literally going back to the purest level of what you do. So I was having a conversation with a couple of artist managers before I came in here, and I brought this point up. And this is like, I mean, this is true of the music industry now. So, like... There's being great at art. There's being great at your art. Uh, great songwriter. Uh, uh, you know, you're producing the kind of record you want. It's, it's coming out sounding like you want. There's great at art. And there's great at marketing. Oh, yeah. Most of us who are great at art aren't great at marketing. Mm -mm. Okay. That's just the way it is. I'm not shitting on anybody that's great at marketing that's an artist, okay? I'm just telling you, most great artists aren't great at marketing. Well, think about it like this. Yeah. People who are actual, like, physical artists, talking about, about paintings and shit and all this kind of stuff, like sculpting, right. right? They're good at one thing. 
Like, if you, if you had fucking Michelangelo, he painted a certain way. If you had a sculptor, he sculpted a certain way. Yep. You guys are artists, yep. and you're good at what you're good at. We weren't supposed to be great at marketing. Yeah. That was never the point. Uh-uh. No. And so, so, here, so, I've been an artist my whole fucking life, man. I've had to live with this shit my whole fucking life. I, 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 this is a quote of mine. If you, uh, if you use it, just remember I said it. I really wish that wasn't your camera. If you, whoever it is, whoever it is, I wish it was actually that one. <laughs> whoever it is, I don't know which I'm one. I'm so is. glad that you know that that was yours. So, um, with artists, if you, okay, with artists, if you are natural to marketing. That's awesome. Like I my my cousin Olivia's great artist and and also great at marketing. So I'm not shitting on that. Yeah. Okay. But like most great artists throughout time were quirky fucking weird bastards. Absolutely. Um I've known that I was an artist from the time I was a young person. And marketing and business are not the fucking things that I thrive at. Or I'd be a fucking rich business person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm driven and I'm good at whatever the fuck I'm driven at. You yeah. know? So, like, if, if, if my drive was business, I'd be a fucking millionaire. You know? You know why you're like My drive is not business. My drive is fucking art. You know why yeah. you can't do anything else and you're like that though? Is because whatever is whatever song or whatever you're writing, you're so passionate about it. You don't want to have to play off another gimmick for your song to be acknowledged. You want it to be, I want to be acknowledged on the talent of the just how good of a fucking song this is. If I've got to go take a fucking picture or I gotta do a TikTok or I gotta do something else just so you acknowledge how good this is, it makes you it makes you feel like you didn't do a good job. It makes you feel like, fuck, if, it hurts your fucking feelings. There's it, definitely an element of that. I, no. that, is, of that. that is what... But, but, but even as hurt, we, you know, know, we know that that's yeah. part of the job, and we'll go, we'll go take a picture, or we'll go make a video, or whatever. But, like, the, the, the guy that is... Okay, okay. I'm not trying to be a dickhead here, okay? But the I don't first care thing if you I are. Think I, 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 why would you be a dickhead? I don't care the, if you the are. First, I'm a show. We good, baby. <laughs> the first thing I fucking think of is Warren Ziders. Yeah. He was sitting there like, wait, which one's my camera? That one. Okay. <laughs> War, Warren Ziders is sitting here like this. He's like, hey, I'm going to sing a song. And there's like a billion chicks out there, like, oh my god, this country boy, say what? Yeah, it's funny you picked, right. It's funny you and picked like, him. That's fine. That's fine. I, I do. I think he's not a country fucker. I don't know. Well, it's, do I think he's a cowboy? Probably not. But either way, maybe funny. he is. Maybe he fucking is. I don't know. He wears a cowboy hat. I don't give a shit. I'm from Florida. Where I come from in St. Augustine, Florida, lots of fucking cowboys. I don't wear a cowboy hat for a yeah. fucking reason because I ain't one. Well, and I got a lot of friends you, that is. The reason why so you I probably, don't wear a cowboy hat for a reason. The reason why you probably don't like him 
It's probably the same reason I don't. When I look at him, when I hear him. He's he, got his big blue eyes and he's like. He's, I mean, he's obviously out there killing it. Like, nobody can take that away from him. Like, we're just not fans, but it's because we don't fucking Ride believe what he's doing. or whatever the fuck I don't. I don't believe nothing he sings. I don't believe his appearance. I don't believe nothing about this dude. But there's a level of respect I could say I have for him because he's obviously I do too, it. and I have respect for him. Absolute respect for him. But I don't believe a fucking thing he does. But, can, like, I feel like there's this. There's this line where I, like, that shit is, like, that's cool. Chicks like it. It's on the socials. And actually, great fucking artists aren't great marketers. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The fucking guys that are great marketers, that's who's big. Yeah. And that's not fair. The motherfuckers that are great artists aren't great marketers because we're worried about making great art. That's all I'm saying. Since we're talking about, like, the, the TikTok thing, so do y'all know the scoop on, like, on now that there's all these major labels are pulling all of their artists' I'm talking to you. music off of TikTok? Yeah. That's and Universal. So I read about it the other day. Universal... They said it like they were tired of the artist wasn't getting people paid. taking shit. the artist budget. Yeah, so there's got to be something else. Like, it's almost none of these big corporate labels give a fuck about you. So there's got to be something else where they weren't making money somewhere. Well, I just figured, but they'll that disguise it, was, it as yeah. that all they want. <laughs> what just? I, I figured that it was like, like maybe it was probably that it was like they're they're not making because at the end of the day that's. That would be the only reason why they would do it is they're not making money off of it. They can't make anything off of it. But then I then I was like, well, and then I seen Craig Campbell had just put out that statement about why and what the hell is the deal with Nashville signing all these TikTok stars that yeah. just can't hold their their it's shit. It's because of what Ryan Yeah, just but said. that shit and matters also, with fucking selling. It's a it's a business. You gotta fucking sell shit. Guess what? Guess who's buying shit? People that watch TikTok. People that see the Warren Ziders of the world and the whatever, you name it, White Flores of the world. That's who's buying shit. That's who's uh, contributing in the market. And that's who you have to fucking, as a business person, Yeah. which I'm not, but oh, trust me, I'm not either. I know yeah. that as a business person, that is who you have to sell your fucking product to. Well, look at it like this. If you, have you to. if you were signing an artist, if you're in if you're in their seat, if you're in the fucking producer seat or whoever, the owner of the label or whatever, if you were in their shoes, what is easier for you? To get an artist who doesn't already have built-in marketing or to get an artist whether they're less talented or what from the other person than somebody who's actually talented because their marketing is already built in. Yeah. You're skipping a step by signing them to where, oh, they're going to spend a year or two with somebody else developing them to where somebody, oh, you got a following on social media. Mm -hmm. But I really do think that's one in a hundred, though. There's going to be a lot of people that lose a lot of money just signing somebody because they have a following on social media. We've all heard those people in person sing, or a good bit of them. And some of them, you're like, the fuck? What I can't stand about a bunch of them is if you build a following 
and you didn't do country music before any type of music. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, fuck, I've got a following. Why don't I try to be an artist now? It's kind of a fucking slap in the face 100%. to everybody that has grinded and paid their fucking dues and worked their ass off. That's I can't kinda, stand that shit. It goes back to the thing with artists and people who are good at marketing. Look, you can have great style. Like, I mean, this man has great style. This is <laughs> oh, you ain't lying. That's a smooth But he's also right a great there. artist. You can have great style and not be a great artist. Yeah. You can have... Great, you know, there's all sorts of things that work on socials that don't necessarily make you a great artist. Yeah. So you can go in and have this following off of, I mean, you can go into a studio. I'm a producer, dude. I can come in and make you sound fucking great if you suck dick. (laughs) I can, I I do this. (laughs) Like... I I know exactly what goes into making someone that sucks ass sound great. So, I'm just telling you, I can make someone that sucks ass sound fucking great. What what makes the person that's great at marketing different from the person that's great at art? Not a lot anymore. Because I can... Make your marketing ass sound I, like you're great at art. Uh, I, th- I think it's huge. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. think the longevity is different. I think that you'll have these people that are, there's going to be a shit. To, I used to have the one-hit wonders or whatever, and all that kind of shit. Right. I think you're going to have a lot of flash in the pans that have a short-term of success to where you guys and people that we actually admire and look up to, it might take you longer to get there, but once you're there, you have staying power. But in this modern world, will there even be long-term success anymore? Well, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think that there's I don't think, lot. Yeah, I don't think it'll be as many. Shit's changing every five years. The world looks completely different every five years now. Uh, yeah, but think about those people that have wrote those all-time songs that we've always listened to. That shit ain't never going away. That's a, hey, that's why I feel good about the Riley Green Cup that I have because in the in a world where shit that mattered five years ago doesn't matter in any way, shape, or form anymore in, in, in media, uh, with I mean shit that mattered five months ago doesn't matter anymore in media. Yeah. So like in a world of shape shifting and changing media, you know I have a song where I wrote that like with Riley Green. And he, I mean, he's not the biggest country artist ever, but that song in particular, I have people come up to me and tell me how it impacted them when they were in high school or whatever it is. And and I'm like, damn, I wonder how many songs going forward will even be able to have that kind of impact. Because shit is like... Well, if you do something five weeks from now, no one gives a fuck. You know? Think about it. Like it's this. insane. How many of your favorite songs was never a single on radio? Tons. A bunch. Okay. Tons. That's the point. A great song is a fucking great song. You're going to have that shit. You have people that are going to have short-term success. But one of the things that I love, and I try to push this with the younger artists that come around, and that just anybody around me or whatever, you have people that have temporary success. Do you want temporary success or do you want a legacy? Do you want to be that guy or that woman who writes a song that in 10 fucking years, 20 years, has the same effect on people as it does right now? Or do you want to be somebody who's writing shit 
And I understand it's a job for you guys. So That's got, all I ever you, wanted. You, you got, you got, that is all I ever You got to write shit for mailbox money. I get it. Like, you, you've got to do it. It's a job I never approached it like that, though. I approached it exactly like you're talking yeah. about, and that's all I ever wanted, well, and I yeah. got it. Bobby and I, told and I got it. The first show I ever did with Bobby, when we went to see Gail, when he had the shave coming out. Yeah. He says something that I quote to the fucking young guys and girls all the time that's with us. He said, you got to write one great song before you can write a lot of good ones. Yeah. And that's how I think, like, but it's yeah. also... I hear songs that you guys hear and the stuff that, like I just said, our favorite songs ain't even a fucking single. Yeah. That, it, that was 30, 40 years ago. Yep. You're not going to have a lot of that anymore. The only people I can really think of that's right now that's doing it to where I could really see myself listening to in a couple years, 20 years, probably Eric Church, probably little Luke Combs. Uh, Morgan Wallen's got something that I just really fucking like. I, I don't know. Like, there's something I really dig. I do too. Uh, yeah. I but I but who else can you sit here and say? Because even Culture Wall. Yeah. I'm a big Culture Wall guy. Yeah. Sturgill I fucking Simpson. love his shit. Like, Culture Wall, like, and, and I love Sturgill and I love Jason Isbell. Oh, fuck but yeah. Dude, like, on a just. I like a, old Isbell. I don't like On a random day where I. Because I listen to a bunch of genres. I don't just listen to country, man. Okay. That's another thing with this business. Like, I'm a country fucker from goddamn a small town, but well, you I even, like all kinds of shit. And when I'm like, I want to hear country, I ain't putting on Luke Combs, okay? Yeah. I'm putting on fucking Culture Wall. Or I'm putting on uh, Brent Cobb. I like yeah. Brent Cobb. You know, like, that's yeah. that's where I'm going when I, when I want to hear some country. I ain't putting on anything that might sound like it might even be close to what the if fuck there's is a going doubt, on. If there's ready. even a doubt in your mind. Yeah. yeah. It's cowboy yeah. shit. Like, yeah. that's, like, Coulter Wall, especially, Coulter Wall's writing cowboy songs. Yeah. Like, it, and because I because he is. <laughs> I ain't no cowboy. I'm not. I'm never going to claim to be. My daddy did some cattle work in his life, and my daddy done impregnated cows with his hand up their, uh, their coochie and shit. That ain't me. I'm never going to claim to be a cowboy. My dad can. You got to hear a song we wrote. It's called I Ain't No but, Cowboy. But like. Yeah. That's fire. But I grew up around cowboys. And I know what the fuck that looks like and what that means to be a cowboy. And I know enough to know that I ain't one. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, well, when I listen to country music, I grew up around cowboys, motherfucker. I want to hear that shit. Yeah. yeah. That's what we listen to. Whether I was a cowboy or not, my fucking boys was cowboys. Yeah. So we were listening to that kind of shit, and like that's what I want to hear. I want to hear the real shit. And if it ain't cowboy shit, I want to hear the blues, like the oh, real God. blues, the real Ooh. blues. Or I want to hear '90s Alan Jackson, George Strait. Like I want to hear, I want to hear something that's real. Okay. The the, the go. I don't give a. Fuck about anything that's coming out right now. To be completely honest, to go with your point there though, that's all stuff that you grew up connecting with. Mm -hmm. That's why you'll always love it. But everything that you just mentioned there, it connected with you on such a deep fucking level that you'll never be able to forget it. Right. And the new songs that are coming out, think about. There's not anybody that's gonna. Hey, you said while ago, five months ago in social media, don't matter now. Some of these songs that are coming out. Who, who's probably the biggest or one of the biggest people right now on radio? Uh, Stapleton. Okay. Name Stapleton. I love, Sta I do love I, Stapleton. I love Stapleton, but name his last three singles. I you, remember Millionaire. Okay, but that's I probably remember, going back. Uh, 
but uh, I ain't listening to your record, to be honest. I don't listen to any music. What well, are you listening to? To yeah. facts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's a, a bad song. But the thing is, it doesn't matter if it was 90s rap, 90s country, or whatever you grew up on. There are certain songs that have staying power. Yes. They have, they have a legacy. And those artists that are putting out those songs that are focused on legacy instead of what's just currently good, you write something that's currently good, you're going to get acknowledgement for it. Yeah. But do you want acknowledgement now? Or do you want to say, I got an all-time fucking song? But now in this song. business, if you write shit that's got legacy power and staying power, no one gives a motherfuck because the radio runs off of... They have formulas and goddamn... Tempos. And they, have, they have the whole shit to say what's going to be a hit and what the fuck I'm writing and what the fuck you're writing ain't no hit. But well, I, I'd never... So I'd they never won't even allow this. What you said, Justin? I never even realized this until until about maybe a year and a half ago. So I've been at Seagale almost two years, and I didn't I didn't realize this until I think I was with Mark Irwin or somebody like that. Speaking of old, I Alan love Jackson, Irwin, me dude. Too. I did I did some vocal uh, uh, demo vocal cuts for him. Dude, I love me, that me guy. and him and Tim Nichols wrote a son of a bitch this Shit, two yeah. or three days ago. That's a great guy for you to be teamed up with. Yeah. And so we were sitting there talking about this song that we had wrote, and I'm pretty sure it was Mark, and I love Mark to death. He's such a great person. And, and he said, when it came to when you're pitching songs, if your song plugger is pitching these songs to these artists or whoever they're, you know, who their contact is, who their go-to is with either the label or the, the artist directly or whatever, they said that they will look at the song name, and if the song name is not really that enticing, They'll pass before they even hear the fucking song. Yes. Well, see, here's and that kind of crushed me. I'm like, so you're not only saying that that it's hard for us to even get the song to somebody that they'll like. If they don't, they don't even like the song name. They might not even listen to a song that means a lot to me. I would do the same thing if I was getting songs pitched at me, though. I mean, if I I didn't like the title of it, I'd probably be like, I'm good. What you got? I know this is probably going to be completely against the grain of how it's supposed to be done. But if I was an independent artist, I think what I would do is I would write the shit that I absolutely loved. That's all I would write, and I would put every single thing that I do on social media. like, And I would just blast it and blast it and blast it until I wrote the next best thing. Because like, you can look at people like, I'm just going to take Tyler Childers. I like Tyler Childers. Five, six years ago, nobody liked Tyler Childers or Zach Bryan. Nobody gave a fuck until they did. Right, Brian Martin and me are buddies. I know y'all know Brian. I, 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 I love Brian. Brian. He showed us not long ago, probably beginning of last year. We were sitting in Live Oak with him before he played one of my shows. He showed us his Spotify. And from 2017, it was flat. 2018, flat. 2019, flat. 2020, flat. And then one song. He had been putting out music. He'd been writing the same way. But it took one song, and then all of a sudden – Everybody goes, views your, views your black catalog. They listen to it or whatever. But he remained doing him. And I think that's what happens. If you're talented, it just takes so goddamn long. It takes so that's how, that's how fucking long. This record I'm about to put up. Yeah. <laughs> it's been fucking 10 years, Nashville. It's about time. But I, I think, though, if you stay true to you, then eventually it's going to come back around. There are people now, let's be real. There are some motherfuckers that it ain't their day ain't never coming. 
And, and it's sad. It's sad because they busted their ass. But I also, there's a couple of them that just ain't got good friends. They to usually tell them. figure it out yeah. after a well, long time. Well, I mean, I, I look at it as I've always said this: if it if it was for the want to, yeah, you know, you know, if it was for the want to, you'd have everything you ever fucking wanted. I'll tell you this: this is one reason why I wanted to do the show with both of you guys. Is first time I heard Justin, first time I heard you, same effect. I knew that something was different. Knew something was different. Yeah. We, knew you was a bunch of assholes. I know. I, I'm fucking asshole. I'm, I'm the biggest probably fucking dick in this room, probably. But, like, I've heard the shit you've done, and I connect with it. First time I heard you do fucking, uh, what's it, way, is it way back? The, um, way back when? Way back when? I fucking sat there, and I was like, what the fuck? And yeah, then man. it wasn't the truck. That, oh, yeah, I have yeah. fucking bump. It wasn't the truck all the time. Hell and I yeah. know some of the stuff that Justin, I don't want to give any titles of it that he's played for me because stuff's getting released soon. Yeah. But like, same fucking thing. Right. And I think I'm a good enough connoisseur now of what good music is. Yeah. That it's like, even when you have like a great round, you guys stand out. And I know that if that doesn't, you've, we all look at people and be like, if they don't make it, I'm fucked, right? Like, you guys probably, it might take longer because you don't fucking, you don't fit the image of what everybody else wants, but there's no doubt in my mind people like y'all are going to write a song that is just going to knock everybody on their ass to where you ain't got to be great at marketing because it's so fucking good. How long did it take fucking Stapleton to actually break through? Yeah, 20 fucking years almost. Well, I mean, I, I walked up into his 21 office. 21 years, actually. 94, he moved here. I think I was reading about he moved here in like the early 90s, like 94, and uh, Traveler came out in 2015, so yeah. 21 years. Well, I mean, years. shit, White Horse that he just won a Grammy on last night, he wrote that song 10 years ago. Yeah. There's no telling what he's I, got dude, fucking I've, put I've back. actually been, I literally said that earlier. I said the exact I, yeah. same thing. I used to look at the shit that I had done in the past <laughs> and go, well, I'm way better than that now, you know? But actually, Stapleton inspired me in that way to go, don't write off the shit you did previously, you know? G go back and, and, and take that shit seriously. And I went and started looking back into my back catalog from years and years ago, and I found some fucking great songs, dude. That might be more relevant right now than they were. Than they were then, you yeah. Know? Yeah, of course. And I'm like, I get it, Sableton. I finally get it. Because I'm, I'm looking up songs I wrote seven, eight years ago, and I'm going, Damn, that would. Well, I think you just got to right. remember: just because the fucking world don't tell you it's a great song, don't mean it ain't a fucking great song. Right. It just means the world ain't fucking listening yet. Well, it, and, right. and this is this is what I've said. You know, I, I I told I told Wade this yesterday when I was at his house. My friend Wade. Wade sat. No, Wade Williams. He's okay. he's mo he's moving to Guam in a week. He's going down there to do all the power line stuff. He's he repairs highlights for a living and and. Uh, and so we were hanging out yesterday. He he was like, "Hey man, come get some of this." He's my neighbor down the hall uh, in Midtown, and and he goes, "Man, come get some of this shit. I don't want to have to take it with me." And and so what we were talking about was was like that how hard it is, like song wise and back stuff that like the Stapleton stuff and all this stuff, and having a song and blasting that one song like you're talking about. It was kind of everything wrapped up into one conversation. Yeah, but. But going to, you know, you're saying, you know, it's taken this long. I hope it works. You know, all this stuff. And I've been here. This is my eighth year, I think. I think this is my eighth year. But, and 
everything that you just said and we've been talking about in the last five minutes was all wrapped up in this same conversation about how hard it is to make it. Some of you don't have it. Some of you will never have it. Some of you, and we've been writing songs and we've been doing this most of our lives. And we've yep. devoted our lives to honing in on a craft that people enjoy. And every time they see you, you're going to get more yeses than you're going to get, man, I'm going to tab out and leave. Right. You no, know, for sure. And, and it has been blood, sweat, and literally fucking tears. Yep. You know, and so to me, doing it at a level that we're doing it, you know, writing for, for a living and trying to make our music work for a living in a way that we can still make money to survive this town for one more year, you know, and, and it's, it's, it is so fucking, Great way to put it. it is so fucking hard for us. And so how, how do they think, oh man, I just moved to town. I should have everything I ever want. It'll make I'll, you, I'll laugh. It'll in, make you pissed off at I'll, a lot of people. I'll laugh in your face, bud. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I like to make things simple on myself to make me feel better about certain things. Like all the time, when I look at my numbers compared to Joe Rogan's, or I've looked at my numbers yeah. compared to Bunny or anything like that. I have to remind myself all the time that they grinded, that they, at the same place where I'm at now, they're just ahead of me, right? So think about your favorite artists of all time, the people that really made a fucking difference in your life, and you start thinking about how long it took for them to make it, yeah. for them to get acknowledgement. And then it kind of puts you in, like, retrospect to, with yourself that it's like, I'm doing just fine where the fuck I'm at. I'm just still getting there. It's not that there's a fucking roadblock. It's not that I'm getting knocked down every fucking day. If the people I admire the most, if it took them 10 years, and I think they're a legend, what the fuck is it going to take me? Everybody's yeah. journey's different, too. You know, yeah. that's, that's a part of it. Everybody's journey's a different thing. And, you know, it, it helps if you got rich parents. <laughs> it really yeah. helps. You know, don't, hey, don't, don't, like, don't, don't drop it, no names because we all could. They don't help with it. For a lot of us that don't have rich parents, you know, we got to not, – not that that's shitty, dude. Like, if you got rich parents, God bless you. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not talking sh yeah. shit on that at all. Like, if you got rich parents, I wish God I had bless parents. you. You know, like, this this country and this economy is, is based off of, you know – Hard work and back-breaking shit. Working your ass off to become – wealthy and if you can provide that generational wealth to your kids yeah. god bless you and i happen to be of the same mindset god bless you i mean i look at it like this how many times have we been put in a great position to where oh man i got 50 yard line tickets because i knew a buddy that yeah. that just that got him or whatever that's the same thing that happened to them but it happened to them in a business sense yeah right to, to where they had an in with somebody to where they could get set up to get them to the level to where they could make a lot right. of money on so, their next So level. I don't want to hate that's, on that's it. That's the way that yeah. I see it. I don't want to hate on it. I'm but, not hating on, hating on it at all. Right. What yeah. I'm we saying is there's a bunch of us motherfuckers that aren't aren't coming from wealth. Yeah. Right. And, and we're, we're relying on our our talent and our, our vision and how we see the business and how, how we see entertainment. And it it is, I'm just telling you, it is way less likely that you succeed. Yeah, but remember if you don't have rich parents. So if you if you're in that position, you just gotta believe in your fucking self. Yeah. 
above all else and let your self-belief carry you. Yeah, but remember, that's all you got. But remember this, and we'll kind of end and wrap this up because we're about two hours. We'll definitely do another one of these. But I feel like we can talk fucking all night. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm but, in the zone. But remember this. It's easy come, easy fucking go. Shit 100%. Easy shit that you've earned. And, like, even think about this, dude. The way that y'all are having to live, the way you're having to grind, the way you're having to work your fucking ass off, you're going to get song ideas, and you're going to get just whatever's going to make you you from your journey to where these other people, they get to hand it to them. So when it's time to write a song that touches people, that makes a fucking difference in somebody's life, where do they get that inspiration from? They're going to have to reach out to writers to where you guys are literally going to get it from Ross Copperman. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't think y'all realize, They get it from goddamn Shane McAnally. Everything y'all just talked about in like the past 20 minutes on this, me sitting here listening, I hadn't said much because I've honestly just been soaking this in as a young artist. The yeah. new artist just trying to, still trying to find my bearings on this. Still 23 yeah. years old. Baby. Being able to listen to everything y'all just said, especially the last 10 minutes, like with what you just said about Stapleton being here that long. And also what you just said about going back in your catalog and not writing things off as bad when you just because it's old. Or just yeah, right. When you first started. Right. Me personally, and I know any other young artist listening to that, is going to take what y'all just said. And they're going to take that to heart, and that's going to help. That's going to help a lot of people. It, yeah, I'm glad. It, just well, sitting I'm, here listening right now, it just helped me a lot. I'm well, glad. Yeah. I, I, I wish that people, when I first moved to this town, I wish people instead of you know that was still kind of good Nashville and kind of transitioning to to the Nashville it is now. I mean, I, I consider good Nashville is when we used to go to Red Door on Tuesday nights, and every producer and every person in the whole everyone was the, there. In the whole town, and ain't no yuppies was there. It was and, just us, but, motherfucker. But, but I mean, in in those days, and you you know what I'm talking about. Pe- those people, good days. Pe- people would give you that knowledge. Yes, they, they, they would. They, they would. They would share it with you. And now, now would. it's just so expansive. That I don't. Motherfuckers I, don't want to. They're not just going to throw out that knowledge. Motherfuckers used to just give you knowledge, you know? You know like why, though? Because when it was small, when it was small, motherfuckers used to just give you knowledge. And I remember all those guys that gave knowledge to me. And I'm not going to sit here and name them all, but I do remember all those guys that gave crucial knowledge to me early on that really fucking helped me in, like, you know they they wouldn't want the credit for me on a podcast. Well, like, I, I, I just don't embarrass me, asshole. But like <laughs> that that was the shit that that really helped me. And yeah, I've had a lot of people. To be honest, like motherfuckers call me the mayor all the time. You know why they call me the mayor? Because I help people. I talk to the motherfucker that no one cares about. Because I was the motherfucker that no one cared about. Yeah, and, and... I was that motherfucker from Florida that no one gave a fuck about. I talked to that guy at the bar that come up to me that no one gives a shit about. I, I care. I'll give him that advice. The same advice that we was getting in 2015 that was crucial fucking advice to how we built our mindset. Yeah. In this town, the people right now don't give you that shit like they did back then. 
And for me, well, they don't realize it was a big enough piece of the pie. My paying it forward is that everybody was fine sharing the pie. Well, and this was this was the days when it was starting to change a little bit to where your Chase Rice's was getting signed. And everybody changed their hairstyle, and everybody had their hair standing straight up. Everybody was Eric Church for a while, but everybody all of a sudden was full of George Line. And then you know, but but those going back, to what, going back to what you were saying that you know, and then it wasn't too long after that, the whole curve changed to where, if you went to Red Door, everybody was so scared to say anything because they was so terrified that you was going to get a leg up on them in the industry. Yeah, and 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 I wish that it would go back to getting to sit down with people like you and 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 no, this was before hey man can i get a selfie with you can i fucking take a picture with you? Yeah, nobody did like, that shit learn, man can i learn from you nobody that did any of that where shit it was back then they would, can I learn they would from walk you? up and say man can i have a minute of your time and these song can, pluggers can these i learn producers, something from you i don't want no picture i don't want no it, back then it was i don't want a picture i don't want another i want you to teach me something you know who was that guy for me and I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a shout out. Still wish it was wrong. Rob camera. Williford was that guy for me. Yeah. Like when I was yeah. young here, you know, um, and me and me and Joe Fortner became really great friends early on. To me. I like and, him so much. And and, and uh Joe had been touring with Luke a shitload. So he was he was like on the road with them every weekend, you know, or every week in general, Wednesday through Sunday or whatever it was. Well, me and Joe became really great friends. So when we would go out and we'd see like Rob or any of the guys from the Luke band, obviously that was kind of our guys that we knew. And Rob Williford uh, offered me a lot of advice on things that I asked specifically of him because he wasn't, he's a quiet guy. He's not just going to come out and just like give you all the shit all the cheat codes, you got to ask the right question to Rob Williford. And I'm, I'm the king of asking the right question. I love to do that shit. <laughs> I feel I'm, like you've asked a I studied history in college, you know. <laughs> I love to ask the right question. And I asked the right question of Williford a bunch, and he taught me so much. And that was at a time in Nashville where motherfuckers would teach you you know, it's different. It's a little different now, I would say. But Williford was my uh, my mentor, just like Job. And um, I asked him about my first publishing shit. Like, this person says they want to sign me to a publishing deal. What does that mean? And he's like, don't fucking do it. You know, <laughs> He's like, they're like, just judging off the three things you told me. That's a terrible idea. You know, like, just that kind of shit. You don't yeah. fucking know. Well, I mean, like... When you come here, you don't know that. You know? Well, I mean, the, the thing about it is, is, like, there was been numerous times, you know, before before I, I finally did sign a publishing deal. And I went to places, and they're like, you know, publishing houses and all that stuff. And they're like, man, play, play me some of your stuff. And I would play, and, and they would be like, yeah, man, you can... Uh, I mean, we're really not trying to sign anybody, but I mean, you're more than welcome to write, and you can write here, write with our people. And I'm like, yeah, have come you give lost us all your, your creativity. Have you lost your mind? Like, and th these places, I'm not going to name their names, but they're on Music Row, and I'm just like, 
I think I'm good, man. I want I want to leave it at something because if we don't stop, we're not gonna fucking stop. No, we won't. Right. <laughs> we won't stop. I want you said something while ago. One of y'all said it, and it it stuck with me. But I want to just if there's young artists listening to this, or if y'all have never thought of it from this point of view. Yeah. You, you said a while ago how a certain time came up and everybody started dressing and acting like Chase Rice or Florida mm-hmm. Georgia Line or whatever. Right. Yeah. Think about every time like somebody came along and they were original like that. They've got staying power. So it's not like everybody that fucking wants to be uh, the cookie cutter. It's not that I'm trying to fit in and be like Chase Rice or I'm trying to fit in and be like Florida Georgia Line. The people that try to do that are never the ones that make it. No, nope. it, It's the ones that are authentic, the ones that are, are true to themselves, <laughs> are, the, are the fucking ones that end up <laughs> making it. The people that want to just go along and copycat, you're never, you're never going to be special. You guys are going to be special. And if if, they, if you get back on the mic, we ain't never get out of here. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> by the way, this is one of my favorite shows. I, I legit, uh, it's not often I get to do, and don't either one of y'all get the big fucking head when I'm about to say this, because I get to do a show with a lot of my buddies that are artists. You two are, were like, I was literally a fan of y'all before I became a friend. So I appreciate y'all coming to hang out and everything. Yeah, buddy, anytime. Like, I, I think the world of y'all, too. For the longest time, everybody told me I couldn't hang out with Ryan. They said, y'all don't need to meet. If y'all meet, <laughs> it's going to be fucked up. Y'all are going to do stupid shit. And when, as soon as I got around him, I was like, <laughs> people know what they're talking about. Yeah, they're yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I was like, no, we don't need to. We don't need they to we were at Floribama. They <laughs> wouldn't lie. They wouldn't lie. But, guys, I, thank you so much. Uh Tell them your social media real fast before we get off here so people can go look y'all up. And, uh, we're, and we're gone. Justin Andrews official. Justin Andrews music. At It's Ryan Nelson. I'm telling you guys, check all their stuff out. Justin's just fixing to start dropping stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you'll, you'll hear more about that next month because we got some special shit we're doing with Justin. Uh, Ryan Nelson, I'm telling y'all, go look up every fucking thing this man has ever I got a new out. record coming out this year starting February 16th. And going, we're going to do some singles and then the rest of the record. Y'all, you got one coming out the 16th? February 16th, the next one. Come oh, on. that's right. Y'all go pre-save the fuck out of it. I, I remember seeing it. Come that's on, the baby. Pontiac song, right? And it, What's the one that, that I saw the other day? That's, I might be fucking confused. I thought it was something about stealing copper wire or some shit. Oh, no, that's my, that's my little baby puppy that I just got. Her name's Copper. <laughs> <laughs> I said, these meth heads better not get some hankering about my doggy because they can't scrap her, okay? Like, and, and that's how we're in the That's show, just folks. her name. Make sure y'all go uh, come out Wednesday, February the 7th at Live Oak, 5 to 11, the Raising Grace Rounds. We'll all be there. We got some great artists that day. Thank y'all for listening. Go subscribe, listen to their music, and don't try to scat, scrap copper. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hit in. Love y'all. Hit <laughs>